Hi, you are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insights. My name is David Taylor. I'm the Embraer Sales, uh, I guess, Resource Director for the Asia Pacific region. I've uh, been with the company nearly three years. Um, prior to that, I uh, had a long career with uh, Bank of America and G Capital Financing Jets. And now very much enjoying uh, selling them. So, uh, yeah, long background in the industry. Uh, nice to have some familiar faces around and uh, great to be here supporting uh, Asian Sky Group at this uh, inaugural uh, very innovative uh, event. Thank you very much. And we all hope it'll turn into a great success uh, after we overcome these hurdles. But thank you. So uh, diving into the topics, um, and this is a, an item actually we tried to touch in the, in the previous panel. Uh, are we close to a time where Asian buyers, or you can say Asian, well, Asian, Asian Pacific buyers, uh, will choose the right size of the aircraft based on their actual range requirements? Uh, and you can divide the answer to specific regions, if you will, or if you want to, because we know that some parts of the Asian Pacific region already do choose the right aircraft for their mission, uh, some not so much so I'd like to hear your perspective yeah it's it's a it's a very interesting question it's a very it's a very difficult question even for the buyers so um as we heard at the beginning of the previous panel from um from jerome you know who covers obviously mainly the china market uh you know his view and and i, and I think i agree with him is very much you know Long range, uh, large cabin aircraft seem to be the 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 way things are going. Uh, and one, you know, people would I guess consider China to be still an emerging market in some respects. Uh, however, if you go further south to some of the more mature markets like Australia and New Zealand, um, you know, buyers there still have a huge dilemma because they have a local requirement you know, where the average flight time might be one hour. Um, but they also want to fly to America. So what do you do? You know, do you right. buy a big aircraft and, and and pay the penalty on the short trips or do you buy a small aircraft and uh, and then have to deal with the long trip? So it, well, I know what your answer is. You're going to say you buy both. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, some some do. Some 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 families do buy both. Some buy multiple aircraft. Some buy multiple big aircraft. Um, you know, from from my experience, if there is a long range requirement, uh, that typically wins out. You know, and the big aircraft will win out, and right. uh, and they'll they'll deal with the shorter trips by chartering because it's it's relatively cheap chartering for short trips. Um, and they'll use commercial for shorter chips, you know. So yeah, it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough question it's a tough question even for the buyers. You know, when I was financing aircraft, and people would ask us at those days we were ambivalent in the in the finance industry. You know, we wouldn't give advice on which aircraft to buy. Uh, what you'd say is your mission is going to tell you what aircraft to buy. Right. Uh, but of course, if your mission is varied and you've got long range and short range requirements, then the mission doesn't select the aircraft. Then. Right. So do you um, think there are markets that are becoming more mature in that sense and, and, and being more uh, precise with their selections, such as I mean, China or others? I mean, outside of Asia Pacific, absolutely. I mean, Europe and, Europe and America, you know, there's a, there's a mad rush to light aircraft. Um, 
as people, I guess, move out of commercial, move out of fractional into, into light jet ownership. Uh, but in Asia Pacific, because we are still locked down across the region, and I don't care what aircraft you got, you can't travel with it really. Uh, you know, it's somewhat of a moot point. Um, I, I think once the Asia Pacific region emerges from its its sort of lockdown state, then uh, then we'll see whether whether the lighter aircraft are in fact you know gonna gonna be more useful in this region. Um, acknowledging, of course, that there's fixed costs in this region that somewhat offset the lower the lower costs of having a, a, a small aircraft. You know. Understood. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. I mean, uh, when one comes to choose between a new light jet versus a, a pre-owned, slightly larger aircraft, what will they choose, right? Uh, and so are you seeing some of that new uh, decision-making in, in Asia? Well, well I, I'm certainly seeing people exiting the long-range aircraft and buying lighter aircraft. Um, okay. uh, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a few very real examples of that uh, that I've seen um resulting in in people buying or if not having really bought then they're looking to buy a lighter aircraft you know for example selling a you know a 15 year old global express and and literally buying you know a phenom 300 so uh, the logic there though is the long-range trips are not possible and and also the short-range trips in the global are expensive. So, you know, there are people making those decisions, which which we haven't seen before, you know. We haven't seen people exiting G650s and buying freighters, but we are now. So, yeah. you know, I, I guess it's, it's, it is it is happening um, uh, on occasion. So, yeah, you know, which I don't think we've seen before. Right. So, so before I ask you a bit about your crystal ball and then and next five years, uh, maybe you can share a bit of your experience and what you've been seeing in the past uh, year and a half, of course, throughout the pandemic uh, in terms of sales, demand uh, in the regions that you're most active in. Anything profound or interesting that you've identified and can share with us in terms of uh, uh, what's been taking place? No, what's, what's profound is that my European and American colleagues are selling lots of jets and I'm not selling nearly as much and that's profoundly irritating. <laughs> so obviously I guess you would attribute that to, uh, to the lockdowns in Asia Pacific making it nearly impossible to travel? I mean that's the only thing I can really point a finger at uh, you know, and I mean I'd be interested to hear you know other people's views because Clearly, in in you know in Europe and and in and America, where travel is now more or less free, right? Um, Demand sales, right? Yeah, sales activity is is very strong. Um, in Asia Pacific, there is a lot of interest, but it's not it's not nearly at at the levels in in those countries. And and the only reason I can think is well. You know, I can buy a jet, but what am I going to do with it? Just admire it in the hangar. You know, I'd use it. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's I mean, I, I, I'm interested to get other people's view on that. I mean, that's certainly what I tell my management. <laughs> well, that's the answer we've been that's the answer we've been giving ourselves, because certainly it seems that demand is actually there. Well, at least for charter, for example, as an indicator, 
Uh, charter demand globally is up. Charter demand in Asia is up, but the ability to support Asian requirements is very difficult, primarily because of restrictions. So uh, yeah. a large percentage uh, of requests have to be denied, not because, well, primarily just because it's it's impossible to support the request. Uh, and therefore, it's understandable where the clients who would love aircraft at the moment don't have a good enough use for it because travel is, is so difficult. Uh, so hopefully things will change in Asia Pacific and open up soon so that the demand can be capitalized, per se. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I think the, the management of the OEMs, you know, Embra as well as the other OEMs uh, realize that and acknowledge that. And, uh, you know, if, if, we, if we cast our mind back over the last... 10, 15 years, you know, there have been instances where, for example, the Russian area has been very buoyant and the rest of the world quiet. Or, for example, you know, Asia has been very buoyant and the rest of the world has been quiet. So, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things at the moment. Uh, right. I think I think because of lockdown, that, that's the way it is at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe our, our turn is around the corner, you know. Right. So I hope it is around the corner. And building on, on that point, maybe can you tell us what your view, I guess, for the next five years or so? Where do you see direction going? Obviously, hoping that within, a, a, I want to say, less than a year from now, we're somewhat out of this, uh, at least in terms, of, in terms of the ability to travel. But in terms of what you see as a, a trend for Asia Pacific, what are your, what's on the horizon from your view? Yeah, I mean the the requirement is 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 clearly there. Um, you know the economic um, you know the, the economic capability is clearly there. Um, so yeah, I think the future is is pretty solid. Um, the, the 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 problem, of course, um, you know, and many of you will remember the, the the kind of crazy times in two thousand seven, eight, nine, when 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 sales were going very strongly. Um, it all came to a grinding halt. I think this time around, um, the supply chain for all the OEMs is fairly constrained, and so the ability to accelerate production is is um, is difficult, if not impossible. So, you know, that means even with demand staying fairly constant. Um, you know, the, the biggest problem I think we're going to face as an industry, and, and if Asia Pacific's the last one to wake up to this, the lead times are going to be, you know, quite um, quite uncomfortable for new buyers, you know, uh, as they already are, you know, for, for people, yeah. So, uh, okay, back into the, to the categories that you're dealing with at the moment, is are the lighter jets more on your focus these days? I mean, what, what is uh, uh, Embraer's, of course, Strongest product these days in terms of size. No, I mean, I mean, all our products are performing well. Um, uh, I mean, our, our Phenom 300E obviously is a, is the highest selling jet, uh, you know, many years in a row, and, and that remains the case. Um, but uh, but our other products are, are performing very well. So you know, I guess we've we've we're very pleased with the way the Predators are going. So, and the Predators being the I largest mean, largest at the moment produced by Embraer, correct? Yeah, in the, in the executive space, obviously in the commercial space, right. we produce, you know, we produce a bunch of other airplanes, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the demand is, is pretty strong across the board, really. Uh, but is there anything else you want us to
No, I mean, as I say, great, great, great pleasure to be here. You know, awesome to be able to support the event. And, um, you know, uh, look forward to uh, going to bed as soon as I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> what, what time is it for you over there? It's, uh, it's about midnight. Yeah, quarter past 11, not too late. Okay. All right, well, we'll let you go then. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us and making, actually making yourself the best first panel of this conference. So thanks a lot for that. Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website, Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show.